Veteran Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday morning and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening. Hello again, gardening friends. Lovely to be with you. And uh, hey, welcome to spring. Cheryl Kennedy is on the phones this morning when you call in. And our researcher, John Glinden, is standing by, as always, to assist us. Now, Alan Simons, great music. People really enjoy his music on a Saturday morning. Uh, very vibey breakfast program. Thank you, Squire. And he was supported today by newcomer volunteer Janice Robinson, who did an absolutely stellar job. Good on you, girl. And cheers to our cycling DJ. We had Jim Crinan uh, with the cycling update just now. And Jim will return next Saturday. Same time, same place, Faye. So nice to be back. How are you? I'm very well, Ray. It's great to have you back. Good. Nice to be here. Thank you very much. Yes. Looking well. Yes. Rest, yes. You've been resting up. Doing my bit. Yes. Very I have. good. I have. Very I've good. Been playing by the rules. Yes. Oh, we've got so much to catch up on, haven't know, we? It's I been know. a month since you've been here. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> three weeks I've been away. So yeah, it is a month. So yeah. What's lot. happening in your garden? What's happening? Well, it's a little bit feral because I haven't really been in it because I haven't been able to. I did have an operation and that has slowed me down with regard to bending over and picking things up and carrying things. So I just sort of potter and do small things, but I even pay the price if I do. Like I was saying to you off air, I dragged a, a I, I lifted a bag of potting mix off a table and dragged it from A to B and I hurt myself and so I realised that I'm not I'm still healing and I'm not mm. quite ready to do stupid things like that. And I was in pain the other night and I'm thinking, what have I done? What have I done? So things if I can just sort of sometimes you know, you'll see me sitting on a crate or something, just around a pot or something and <laughs> not in the office. Not in you know and and yeah, just just playing with it with a plant. This is about as good as I can but do. But you at can the actually achieve a lot doing that, can't can, you? Ray? You know, if yeah, it's just absolutely. you know tottering and pulling out the dead leaves that have blown yeah. in, or uh, yeah. weeds in the pot, or just playing around with small pots. I've got lots of little pots. Of you know, I've got my. Uh, indoor plants, you know, to play around with, and oh, look, I I have more than I can keep up with, and uh, oh. that is the, that is my reality. Mm. Yeah, I'm not and admitting to that. And continuing, well, it's true. <laughs> I have tr- I struggle sometimes to keep up, and it's not too bad at the moment because it's been winter. But once we start moving into summer, it becomes a real labour of love, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, protecting it your does. plants and looking after them and uh, whilst we're getting rain. And you know what? After the sunny week that we had, my garden was ready for a drop of water. I know Absolutely. it was. And I thought, yes. I'll hang out. We'll wait for the weekend because I know it's coming. But I, I could tell that things were ready for a, another drink. Well, I must admit I have skipped the spring annuals for this year. I will mm. be adding things that are, are going to hang in there for summer, I, you know, yeah. because that spring season normally other years I've planted annuals. I've had that that really bumper show of colour yeah. and then they're gone they in, go when quick. the hot summer comes. So this year I thought, out. no, I'm going 
going to make the garden a bit tougher mm. and plant things that aren't going to be as water needy. Yeah, that would be that's the aim, isn't it? And particularly and, and with a lot the restrictions happens. coming in and yes. so forth. Well, a lot happens during winter. I've got so much colour in my garden now. Mm. Things are spot flowering, the yeah. bottle brush are getting ready to burst. Yeah. Uh, even foliage colour. I've got a gorgeous little Blecknum Occidental and that's throwing a flush of pink in its leaves. It's little fern. Mm. And that against the the little rubies, the burgundy leaf, is just, just pretty. stunning. Yeah. And I, the cord lines are still doing their thing. They are. And I think there's a lot to be said for coloured foliage. I mean, that really gives things uh, a lift, doesn't it? It mm. makes the eye pop. It doesn't always have to be a flower. No. And, and you've got deep greens, your big leafy foliage like philodendrons and mm. aroids. Yeah. And then you've got... Uh, a limey green that might be ferns like the silver lady or some of the other shrubby plants around. And then, of course, you've got silver if you've got a hot spot. And yes. silver sort of tells you that um, it'll take the full sun and it doesn't need a lot of water. So, mm. you know, maybe filling gaps with things that are hardier than a, a water needy. Yeah, hardier and, and still colourful. Absolutely. I mean, and win, we, win. we need the variety. We don't want to dumb everything down no, to no. the lowest common denominator because I think biodiversity and maintaining it is going to be very important for years to come. Indeed. And we have an interesting program lined up, if I can find my uh, information here. <laughs> you can tell I've been away, everyone. We're chatting to Kylie Shy-Gall. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Now, she's at Kings Park. We're going to be learning about native gardens for attracting fauna and birds in the garden and uh, learn more about their workshops coming up and events at Kings Park, of course. I believe Kings Park is looking outstanding. I believe yeah. so, yes. Yeah. And so is Araluen. Like, yeah, of course. And you'd had a chat to Susie last Saturday. Yes, yes. And on Facebook, my feed is filled up with people visiting Kings Park. So ah. I get to see... The, the beautiful photos from all different angles because everybody's got an, a different eye, haven't they, yeah, when they're, yeah, they're capturing yeah, photos. Yeah, It's so. wonderful. And we have an open garden coming up in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, the Mil Mills Open Garden, it's called, and it's in Baldiva. So we're chatting to Ian Mills at five past nine about his garden. And we were only saying off-air there's lots of events coming up. And we need to gear up and start thinking about plotting and planning for the Perth Garden Festival at the end of October. That's going to be a uh, absolute cracker to look Another event to. on the gardening Another. calendar. So, it, you know, spring is here. Shall I run through the list of events that I've got on my calendar here? On your radar, go on ahead. On my radar. Go well, ahead. tomorrow the Open Gardens WA are having their volunteers lunch. And, of course, we'll be off to the Society's Plant Fair next weekend. On the 17th is the Mora Show and the Mills Park Open Garden. And then there's another couple of gardens coming up early in October with Open Gardens, as well as Tom Hogg's Garden. Now, for 20-odd years, Tom's been opening his garden. He opens religiously, doesn't oh, he? Mm. That, that man, I don't know yet if he's still building rock walls, but anyone who's <laughs> driven along... Uh, Lillian Road in Maidervale may have seen Tom pottering out there yeah. with his um, cement mixers, mixing up 
more to building walls. I'm sure he's not been sitting down doing nothing, although he's also a, a painter, artist now, mm. and he's built many wonderful water features, uh, the Wishing Well, the Fairy Dell, an amphitheatre where he hosts concerts as well. So we will find out more about what he's up to in the coming weeks. As we move closer to that time. All right. 94841927. Cheryl Kennedy will answer your call today. We are in Bentley, and indeed we are. Lynn, hello. How are you? Uh, good morning. Welcome back, Faye. Oh, right. Uh, thanks, Lynn. Thank you, love. Um, I'm just inquiring about last week. Faye spoke about um, the roses, and I understand that you put something underground to get these beautiful blooms. You put it in some sort of container. Well... I might have the whole thing wrong. I don't know, but... Um, well, you're probably not the only one, Lynn, because it's probably something a lot of people hadn't thought of or don't do. And a friend of mine who had a fantastic result with her rose bush, getting 200 blooms on a seduction rose, gave That's me insane, a recipe. It? I didn't believe her. She mm. said, well, you come and have a look. And yeah. she was right. Because they're a... Um, oh, What's the name of the rose? But they have clusters of flowers. Floribunda. Floribunda, yeah. And they they certainly did. So her idea was to put 200 grams of slow-release rose fertiliser around the plant. And the way that she did this was to get a dibber. And a dibber is the shape of yes, an ice cream it. cone. And you push that down into the soil and you fill it with, 50 odd grams of slow release fertilizer then you cover it all up so it's actually down in the ground now um what was the other thing about that we were also asked how far away from the rose bush mm. so i pruned my roses around six weeks ago early july maybe it was longer and they've put on about eight to ten centimeters of new growth so that's the time to do it and i went in about 20 to 30 centimetres out from the rose bush, and that's about mm. where the current drip line drip is. Drip line is go down there. Mm. And just push so it where in. Where do you buy that little dipper? That's a good question. Well, then. we were talking about this off air this morning. Yes. Well, John came back in to us last week and said that Urban Revolution have them. But I spoke to Ian Mills from the upcoming Open Garden. And he tells me that the men's shed are going to be having a, a market stall in his garden and he was going to put it to them. They've got two weeks to get their act together. To make and, a thousand dibbers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you can buy them online. So what would be a good substitute? What would be a good measurement to use in place of? Yeah, a little tall. Oh, some something sort. pointy is. Oh, I know. There is a handheld juicer. John also came up with that. A little wooden handheld juice. You know, when you're juicing a lemon, it's quite often in in a tray or it's in a holder. But yeah. you can get a handheld oh, I know what one. You're talking about. Yeah. So it's it's similar. It's got a pointy tip. So you need something with a circumference, circumference of, say, 10 centimetres? Not even not that even, much, Ray. Not even. No. Five or Just six. Just like an ice cream cone. 
that shape. Yeah, yeah, something that just would... Just something you can dig into the ground. I, that. I guess you could also use a bulb planter. Yeah. But that will take soil out. That's no biggie. You can do that. And how deep do you go? Oh, uh, well, with mine, I could only go as deep as the roots would let me. So yeah. it wasn't that deep. Mm-hmm. But that, it's better than sprinkling it around on, on the, the top. surface. Yeah, and just Gets scratching it, down it into in. the soil. And it's 200 mils per rose. Yes. 200 grams, sorry. Yes. Yeah, that's a lot, mm. isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's right. But if you remember when we were talking to Bob Melville about growing the tulips, I know. Yeah. he was talking about large pots and 300 grams of controlled release fertiliser in the pot, which... Under his bulbs. Yes. And the results speak for themselves. Yeah. So you, you want two hundred? You can buy those little plastic ice cream cones for kids oh. um, from the reject shop, I think. And I'm going to have a look yeah. at that. I think that that would be the shape and probably the size. And I think, yeah, I think you could improvise, Lynn. Absolutely. Ah, uh, maybe we oh. have to get a men's shed to make us some, so we could give them away on our show. That would go down really. Any well. men's shed workers out there <laughs> that would be interested in taking us up on the offer? Mm. No, but I think that that That's could work. It's a great work. idea, isn't it? Mm. It is. It is. And, uh, yeah, we're all going to be doing it, I can assure <laughs> you. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you understood it because I, I heard it and I thought it was great and then I sort of tried to remember it and I thought, oh, goodness, I'm, I'm so glad that you understood what I was saying, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. Okay. And then. let us know how you go. Yeah, we will. Okay. All right. Good on you. Have a great day. Thanks, Lynn. Thanks, Lynn. Cheers for that. I'm sure there'll be some handy husbands out there. And actually, I think of (laughs) Jeannie because her poor husband, Alan, whatever we talk about on the show... She has him during it during the week, Ray. She puts so, that. She cracks so, the whip on I'm, him. I'm probably not very popular with many of the men folk out there for Doesn't similar matter. reasons. <laughs> but maybe uh, she might Put have her husband out there making her a, a dibber for her yeah, roses. Yeah, excellent idea. And actually, Lynn's idea of a mimic, like yeah, something that you use to for children that put their ice cream in that's plastic. Mm. Uh, you just idea. got to be able to hang on to it. You and, do, and, and, and wriggle it and the, get it down. The fern, the soil Twist is twisted into the firm. soil. Yeah, exactly. Particularly if the roses are long established. Mm. Yeah, for sure. But I'll, I will give that a go. Fortunately, I don't have too many roses. So Can Don be... whip you up a dibber? Uh, no, that's why I was giggling because when you said that, when you said uh, the husband's, yeah, that's that was a personal. Um, well, I remember a sarcastic few... joke of yes. mine. I'm only joking. A few off. years ago, there were men like heading to their sheds, looking at their old wood and drilling holes to make bee hotels. So. This There's is a true. lot of handy fellows out there. There are, and mm. a lot of them are semi or retired and looking for something to do. So maybe someone is listening that could assist us. Wouldn't that be nice to be able to give a little handy gadget like that away on air? We'd love to do that. We would. Yes, mm. indeed. Okay. Watch this space. All right. We'll be back in a moment. Curtain Radio. 21 minutes. <laughs> Let me do it again. 21 minutes after eight. I'm catching... I'm catching uh, Ellen's. Ellen was having struggling this morning, and I was having a smile at that. We do that when we're on air. Our our tongue, our mouth, a foot is in our mouth, and your tongue gets twisted. What What are you looking at, Faye? I'm I'm looking at the caller that's phoned in to Cheryl. 
Harold from Beldivers, happy to make dibbits for anyone wanting one at no cost. I have his phone number if people want to phone here. Uh-oh. You might be sorry, uh, Cheryl. Saying, well, how, how about yeah. I speak to him um, this week. We Let's find just... out what we can do and and then put it out there. And Shelley of Upper Swan called in and suggest using an ice cream scoop. Yep, I guess you could do that a little bit, but it's not giving you that pointed. Mm. But I, I think you can improvise. But I mean, the bit... idea is getting the mix down, down where the into roots the root are. base. Absolutely. Okay. And Rita, who is online, Ooh. has an alternative to Dibber. So let's just see what, what Rita can add to the conversation. Hello. Hi. How are you? Hello, ladies. A um, couple of things. Um, uh, if people have wooden handled gardening tools, you yes. can just reverse the tool and use the hand in the handle end yeah. and shove it in the ground. Yeah. Um, the other one is you can get thin trowels. You know, like normal hand trowels. There's yeah. wide trowels and thin trowels. Because yes. Yes. all you need to do is get it down deep enough, and you can just wiggle it backwards and forwards to create a bit of a, a crevice. For sure. And then drop the thing in, then just push the ground back, because often with a dibbler or a, you know like at the back of a hand tool, is you're squashing the soil down. Mm. Okay, so there's those options, or things like hoary hoary knives, which are similar to narrow um, trails. What's a hoary hoary knife? A hoary hoary knife is like um, a Japanese um, knife, like it's a knife. It's a, probably about five centimetres wide and you can also get that from Urban Revolution um, and it's okay. so it looks like that it's quite long and you can go down the depth of the blade the same as on a narrow trowel you go down the depth of the blade so you're getting the stuff right down deep and then you just you just gently push the soil back around it oh right well there's something else we didn't didn't ever know existed. Thanks yeah, for that, or the, or the other one is like a hand, different hand hose. There's an, a Vietnamese type hand hose, similar thing that you can just dig it in. Uh huh. You don't have to have a dibber. So we can we can improvise. You don't, you, just you don't, yeah, you can improvise with anything. Use our imagination. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, anyway, Rita. Love the show. Thank you. You have a lovely day. You too. Cheers for that. And Maggie of Mandra has phoned in and she said you can get them from the Diggers Club online, uh, just $13.95. So, yeah, Diggers Club was on Better Homes and Gardens last night, actually, or the the actual venue was. It was uh, stunning, isn't it? It really is that house. I could mm. see myself in Heronswood? that house. Heronswood. It's just a lovely yes. home, isn't it? Beautiful. So, no, they had a little segment uh, last night, which was interesting to watch. So, yeah, well, there's some ideas, but I do love the fact that Harold has put his hand up. You might regret that, Harold, but uh, thank you <laughs> well, very, Well, and very they much. are a lovely gift, you know, for what a gardener. Gardening mm. gift and Christmas is only, dare I say it, yeah. I, I almost want to need a bucket next to me. Christmas is around the corner, oh. sadly. Or you, a lot of people love Christmas, of course. Uh, it's just that it's coming around rather quickly. What a great, sure what a great gift with a little pot plant or something. Yeah, yeah, people would love that. Or bulbs. You could use them to plant bulbs. And they, they have lines around the, well, I suppose it's the shaft and that, allows you to kind of measure, measure. the depth. So well, actually, you... Lena of Les Murdy is asking exactly that, how deep to go with a dibber. As deep as deep as you can. As you can. Because they're not very long. They might be 
20, 25 centimetres. And, okay. of course, part of that is the handles. And so you're going in on a little bit on an angle? Would you well, be? I just straight went straight down. down, but I found it difficult because the soil was quite compacted and mm. rooty. Yeah, yeah, for long-term mm. plants, absolutely. All right, uh, coming up shortly, we'll be chatting with Kylie Scheigel from Kings Park, and we're heading across now to speak with Jenny from Dawesville as well. Thank you, John. Okay, John's being very efficient here. Um to it to my right. All right, let's head to Dawesville. Jenny, good morning. Oh, good morning. Look, I just want to give you an update on Tom Hogg. The girls were talking about him a while yeah. ago. Tom, Tom has just had a knee replacement and he's not travelling very good at the moment. Right. He's having a lot of problems and everything. Mm. Just wondering if you got a chance, you know, they could say hello to him. I'm yep. sure he's listening. Oh, morning, Tom. Well, I did get that email this week and suddenly all my memories flooded back of his open gardens and when we first met and um, I'm sure it won't keep him down for long but no, yeah sure, I'll but be in it. touch very soon okay all right thank you thank oh, you good on you Jenny thanks for letting us know okay I'm Muriel actually oh okay <laughs> interesting all right well thank you love thanks Cheers Muriel. for that okay. All right then. Bye. Bye now. Bye. Okay, so I reckon Jenny is yeah, that's that's my fault actually. Jenny's on line three. Jenny, good morning. Good morning. I said hello when you said Jenny and there was no Yeah, hello. that's my fault actually. Sorry. Yeah. It's all right. We'll be we'll be kind to you, Ray. You haven't been here for a month. Yes. Thank <laughs> you. You'll be fine. You're right. Um yeah, I was actually gonna suggest the cream horn mould. Ah, yes. They're like you, I think you can get them in plastic, but I'm not sure. But I've got some metal ones that can probably stick in the ground and they would break down over time. Oh. You could probably use them for two or three years in a row and, what would that and they'd be? rust away. Well, um, a cream horn is, is the shape. There's no handle on it, so no, um, it, no. it will give you the shape. I think you're probably better off with the end of a rake or something. A broom in that or something. Case. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's plastic and it's got the hole in the end, but the old-fashioned wooden broom handle. Mm. Mm. People can be very innovative. Yeah, they can. But I also want to talk to you about um, my avocado trees that are in pots. The leaves look like they're rusting. Okay. All right. Is it mostly around the edges? Yes. Okay. Dawesville can be salt burn. Um, what have you been feeding it, if anything? Not really. They're in a like a slow release potting mix. But they were going gangbusters, and then we had all that wind. I'm wondering if it's wind. oh, yes, wind, wind and salt, because your winds oh, okay. would be laden with salt. Mm. So it's probably yeah. a response to that. And coming out of winter, they're probably a lot of the avocado trees wouldn't be looking too flash. They'll probably be getting ready to put on some new growth. So start to think about um, giving it some maybe trace elements, uh, some clay and compost into the pot. Uh, okay. I'm slow... actually thinking about putting it into the ground. Yes, but not sure about Dawesville. Is it one of the dwarf grafted varieties? Oh, I don't know. I, it's a half one. I grew it from seed. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I probably would put it into the ground, but dig a very big hole, 
because it it won't be keen on um, the the winds and the salt in your area. Okay, right. Keep it now, protected. Also, yeah, my husband has a um, a mango tree that's doing the same thing. That's in Fremantle, and that is in the ground. Okay. Once again, probably coming out of winter, remembering too that we've had hail recently. So a, a lot of foliage in people's gardens is damaged and the signs are showing up now. These plants will respond when the weather warms up. So just when they start moving, when they're starting to put on new growth, it shows that that's the time to feed them. Top up your clay and compost. Uh, we talked last week and the week before about layering maybe manure, pea straw, chunky mulch, really preparing the soil and getting it ready for summer and less, yeah, maintaining water in the soil. Okay, no worries. Okay, thanks, Jenny. Okay, thank you very much. Cheers, Bye. cheers for that. All right. Now, as we were mentioning earlier, we have Kylie online now. Kylie is going to be chatting to us this morning about a workshop that she's presenting coming up called Flora for Fauna Planting for Habitats. And that's happening on September the 25th. Kylie, good morning. Oh, good morning. How are you? You're with Ray and Faye. Hi. Yeah, great to be here. And you've got a wonderful job, haven't you, up at Kings mm. Park? I do. I'm very lucky. We, we've been working very hard up there in Kings Park, but it's a wonderful place to work amongst all the WA native flora. It's, it's, and with all the views, it's, it's a fabulous place to yeah, work. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not exactly... It, it's a labour of love, right? It's uh, amazing. You've got one of the best offices in, in, in Perth. We and, really do, <laughs> and, and people often tell us that, yeah. yeah. And what's your job up there, Kylie? Look, I'm a horticultural coordinator and I work on the ground, on the tools, if you like, in the botanic garden. So I have a section of the botanic garden that, um, that I'm working in and I work with a small team and then I feed back to the managers about what work has to happen there. So I'm, I'm up there in the row garden. If you know Kings Park and the botanic garden, I'm in the row garden section of, of the botanic garden. And what does that mean or what is in the row garden? So in row gardens, we have certain garden beds. We have the place of reflection, which is a wonderful place for um, for events, for weddings and things. Uh, we have beds from the northern sand plains. So, so in the botanic garden, we feature uh, WA plants from from different geographical regions as well as taxonomic uh, uh, groups, if you like. Like the Hakea Grevillea Garden is another garden in my area which features um, all plants from the Hakea and Grevillea genuses. Mm, okay. So the topic today that we're going to talk about is one of my favourites, so native plants for fauna. And I, yes, I bet one it's of my one favorite of my favourites too. I love it, yes. I absolutely okay. love it, yes. And the idea behind that is encouraging and, and teaching people how to get more birds and native animals in into their gardens. How would we go about doing that? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So it's all about um, it's all about attracting and looking after the, the native local flo uh, wildlife that already live here. So we're all about displaying um, in in the gardens. We're all about displaying WA local native plants, which 
I talked about. And so we're trying to encourage people to do the same in their own gardens. And it's, and it's easy. So the workshop is one of the ways that we support and inspire and, and hope that people will, will grow some local natives at home. So what so, are some so of the plants and, and what's the recipe for creating a garden that supports fauna? So I think if your garden as a as a as a uh, as an ecosystem as a habitat already, so the, look for the natural balance. So what I always advise is try not to use chemicals in your garden as much as possible. So so look for yeah. natural methods of pest control. Grow local native plants if you can. So be inspired by what we grow up there in the botanic garden, but also. Um, and we do have a wonderful range of plants that grow here in WA. Uh, we have something like 8,000 species of plants that grow just alone in the southwest of WA, which makes us a, 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 a biodiversity hotspot. Um, and so it's really important that we conserve because this, this biodiversity, as you mentioned earlier, is under threat. And so it's really important that we try and support and conserve that biodiversity. So yes, so looking for local native plants. So so when you go to a plant nursery, you might see some native plants and some of them, quite a lot of them will be probably from the eastern states, but look yes. for the WA yes. uh, local native plants. And, and you know, we do have some fantastic plants here can, in WA. Can you give us a list of some of the best proven performers of WA yep. local natives? Absolutely. Yes, I can. And that's what we're going to be talking about in the workshop. So some of the, the easiest plants to grow are the anagazanthus, the kangaroo paws, and, and they are unique to WA. We have about 12 species in WA and our plant breeding team have done some wonderful things by breeding up some hybrids which grow really well in gardens. And so we like to promote, uh, I like to promote especially the, the big tall ones, the flavidus uh, hybrids, which are the big red or the yellow mm. gem, and you'll find those in nurseries. And they're excellent for birds because their flowers are tall, and so the birds are feeling a little bit safer. The honey eaters, when they come in to feed, will feel safer when they come in to feed from those kangaroo paws. And they're easy to grow, you know. And we also have the wax flowers, the camelosiums, um, which people will often know is the common Geraldton wax. They're looking fabulous at the moment. Oh, and there's and, so many varieties, isn't mm. there? There are so many varieties and we have a bed in the Botanic Garden which is just dedicated to the wax flowers and the kangaroo paws together and they're just looking so fantastic and colourful at the moment. Mm. And is there a particular variety? A lot of gardens are smaller now. Is there a particular yeah. wax flower that would suit a home garden? A smallish one? Look, yeah, they do. we do grow smaller ones. They are available. There is the Camelosium ciliata, the the sterling range, um, the wax flower, which is, which is very small. It only grows to about one metre high and it's very aromatic. We often call mm. it the bubblegum plant in Kings Park. Oh, when you oh it smells it. that good. <laughs> it smells like bubblegum yeah. and it has these little tiny white flowers, which are really important for supporting your insects. So yeah. a lot of people think about nectar-producing flowers to support the honey eaters, but also... Birds and honeyeaters do eat insects and that's really important for feeding their babies when they're coming out of the nest. Uh, so a really healthy population of beneficial insects in your garden, which are supported by our local WA native plants, is, is a really good thing for supporting all wildlife. So it's about encouraging all of our gardeners out there, including ourselves, just to do something, 
yeah, in Absolutely. their garden. Absolutely, and if you just and if you just add one plant, yeah. like yeah. You add like a, a small eucalyptus. Yeah, we've got so many varieties of really stunning ornamental eucalyptus here in WA, and just if you just grow one eucalyptus in your garden, you'll be doing so much both for the birds, and the butterflies, and the native bees, and the insects, and and everything. And they look, they just look beautiful in your garden as well. Just stunning. Yeah. So. Carly, which is your recommended pick for a small eucalyptus? Oh, gosh, there's so many. I can tell you that just outside my own bedroom window at home, I have eucalyptus king's millii, which is uh, commonly called king's mills mallee. And the honey eaters have just been coming in all winter to feed from those flowers. It's a stunning plant and we have that on display around the Zamia Cafe which is our backyard botanical Love that place, yes. Yeah, and that's a place where we often give out um, garden advice and encourage and have lots of signs and to encourage people to grow plants at home. We have a lot of our easy plants um, on display in that garden. And what else do people need to have in their gardens? It's not just about plants obviously. No, no, it's not just about plants. So obviously uh, a bird bath, which is an obvious thing, but you might want to think about where you put your bird baths in the garden. I did a really simple thing by moving my bird bath from an exposed position to a more sheltered position, and there's yeah. so many more birds now using it. So feeling more, yeah, safer. Feeling safe and secure, yeah. that whole shelter element. So that it, the bird bath is now sitting up high, about sort of head height, on a brick pillar on the fence and it's on one side it's got a hedge so foliage from the hedge on the other side it's got foliage from a tree so the birds are really you know they really feel safe and I'm getting the smaller honey eaters like the brown honey eater will come in and that's a really that's a really shy little bird and it won't come to an exposed site so that's really helping you know all birds. Anything else what about logs? Oh yes, rocks and logs, fantastic. Um, logs are really great for uh, your animals that live on the ground, like your your reptiles, again your insects, and even even frogs if you're lucky enough to have them in your garden. And and rocks are really brilliant for warming up. And so butterflies will even rest on them in the morning to get warm mm. before they go about their business. And yeah, they also do a wonderful thing of making the soil around underneath them cooler which is great in the hot summer. And I guess also we say bird baths, but shallow water places for reptiles at ground level or yeah, frogs? Yeah, that's true. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Bog gardens, ponds, uh, water on the ground. Uh, you know, magpies will love to come and have a bath, you know, mm. if they've got water on the ground. In in Kings Park, one of our favourite things when we water our and when we hand water our plants in the summer is the magpies will often come in and, and get a bird bath while we're watering from have the a, have a from shower the hose water. Yeah, have a shower. They love it. Exactly. Yeah. And so they tell do. us about your workshop coming up at the later in the month. What, yeah, what will yeah. happen there? How many how many people can attend? Oh look I'm not sure how many people can attend but we're we're in the education uh, room at there at Kings Park which is you know quite a decent sized room so I think you know as many people can come along as they like I'm I'm going to be presenting a bit of a powerpoint to give you some theory and some nice photos to inspire you and I'm joined uh, with a co-presenter, uh, uh, the lovely Ryan from Bushland, who's very knowledgeable on, on the wildlife which occur in, in Kings Park Bushland. And we're going to have a little stroll through around the gardens and he's going to chat about the wildlife. So, yeah, as many people can come along as they like and I'll just be expanding on some of the themes that I've just 
talk to you about now, about you know giving you lists of plants and just answering questions and, and lots of other tips for what you can do in your garden. And so that goes from 11am to 12.30pm, so one and a half hours on September the 25th. Do people have to register? They do. So if they go to the website, they uh, can book. You need to book in and um, there are tickets for sale for that. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, so it is, it is an event um, with tickets. Um, so we know how many people are coming. Right. And, yeah, so definitely the more the merrier come along. Um, I'm also presenting another workshop on Sunday the 18th of September, which is if you're not sure how to start, you know, like Native Gardens for Beginners, then that one is on um, that day from 2 to 3.30 p.m. What in, I'll in do is I'll put a link under the today's post on the Curtin Facebook page. Right, where people can fantastic. go to people for can the events through that mm. way. That would be yep. nice and easy. We'll do that for you, Kylie. Brilliant. Thank All you. All right. That. We'll let you get back to your weekend. Thank you very much for the information, and we encourage everyone to certainly not only get along to these workshops, but get up to Kings Park and uh, your festival commencing. Uh, and yeah, we'd uh, love to see you and, yeah. and enjoy. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, go Kylie. well. Cheers for that, love. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye for now. All right, and that was Kylie Scheigel from Kings, Kings Park. Park Botanic Gardens. Back shortly. Radio. You are with Ray and Faye this morning, tuned into Let's Talk Gardening. Our next chat is with Ian Mills from the Mills Open Garden, coming up in a couple of weeks' time down in Bell Divers. And uh, Maria from Middle Swan, we are responding to your question as soon as we can, young lady. Let's head to Yanjabup and say hello to Charlie. Good morning. Good morning, ladies. How are you? Very well, good, thanks, thank Charlie. Bit, bit wet this morning. Well, that's yeah. good. Because for those of us that were out there busy in the gardens, now it's all getting watered in. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, with uh, mangoes, um, a lot of the flowers have kind of um, come up and now they're not producing much, uh, uh, you know, uh, buds on them, uh, on them. I just wondered when it's time you can graft them. I might throw this one to John, Charlie. I I suspect it will be in the warmer weather. And as far as the buds or um, buds not developing, that that can happen when we get a lot of wet weather and windy weather. The the flowers can be just annihilated. So if we have bad weather when they're flowering, uh, it's probably not going to be a good mango season. Uh, Grafting... I'll find out from John and come back to you with that one. Okay. Is that one, will that be next week or today? Oh, or? Well, it'll be today. Oh, okay. Thanks very much, ladies. You're welcome. Keep listening. Okay. Thanks, Bye. Charlie. Thanks, Charlie. And we're in Port Kennedy talking about lovely kangaroo paws. Kay, hello. Hello. Hello, Ray. Hello, Faye. Hi, good Kay. Good morning. How, how are you? Very good. How are you? Good. I'm pretty good, thanks. It's a bit wet, but it's okay. That's Absolutely. okay. Um, right. um, I want to know, can you manure kangaroo paws now or is it too early because mine are starting to shoot? Oh, look, I think so. I mean, especially with this this rain around too. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're starting to shoot, yes, put a bit of manure around them. You can use a 
a pelletized chicken manure if you want. You could give them blood and bone. You could give them slow release fertilizer. And if you give them nothing, they will still live oh, okay, and, okay. and flower. Mm. Okay, well, I've got the slow fertilizer, so I could put a little bit of that around them. Yeah, I think so. Yep. Okay. All right. Thanks, Faye. I'll keep listening and I enjoy your little text. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Cheers for that. Okay. 94841927 is our number. Do you have a couple of emails? Um, Well, John's come in with the overlocking cotton cone. That is the shape of a dibber. Some of us don't sew, you know. Some of us are (laughs) fairly undomesticated. Sewing used to... Well, actually, it's interesting because there is a bit of a revival amongst sewers and quilters. Yeah, and it's a big, big industry. I know it, it is. It quilting. is. People and there is a quilting show on. Ray, I've got the details here somewhere. <laughs> As well. When I, when I come to them. Okay. What I do need to also mention is John came in with the... A little photo for us of the hori hori or hori hori gardening multi tool. Yeah, so it's a bit shaped like a little bit of a knife, isn't it? Sort it's of in like a, a knife, and it's got measurements and yeah. and lines on it. Multi tool. It's it is like a knife with a pointed end. It's also trowel like, but very narrow, and mm. that looks cool. I'm sure that'd be good for good whip, whipping off the um, weeds at there. Yeah. Cutting their roots off. Yeah, absolutely. So getting back to the overlocker, I rudely interrupted you. Oh, I was just saying that that was the shape, so that's what you could dibble with. But it is hollow. So, well, Mm. maybe they're not all hollow. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, roughly that sort of shape. Shape. The shape of a kind. Now, the Little Farm are presenting self-sufficiency and well-being workshops. So grow your own fruit and veggies, manage clay and sandy soils, wellness workshop and items for sale. So this is presented by Gillian Barker, residential and commercial award-winning gardener with over 40 years' experience. So this is on Waruna, the 4th and the 18th of the seven, uh, September, 2nd and 16th of October, 6th and 20th of November and the 4th of December. Limited spots. And it says uh, she has been presenting little farm workshops with over 200 fruit trees and fruiting shrubs in the garden. Her passion is to motivate people into growing their own food and in doing so, save money and most importantly, be good to yourself. Hoping you could share my flyer with people who you think might be interested. I live in Waruna on six acres and it has been my dream to do this for a long time. And finally, So if people would like information about those dates again, is there a website address or how do people there is a a phone number ray so zero four zero seven zero one seven zero seven three to make a booking there does not appear to be uh workshop uh website details or an email or something because mm. those, those dates you rattled off they're already gone i can't remember that oh yeah yeah for sure yeah podcast um yeah. and yeah little farm Maybe Google it. Yeah. Okay. But I, I could also put these under today's curtain. Let's do that. Facebook post. All right. We'll be back in a moment. Curtain Radio. 
This is Let's Talk Gardening. Thank you for your company. We will be heading to the news at 9am. Now, there is a crash. Kwanana Freeway northbound at Billia Drive in Atwell. The right lane is closed by traffic management and towing services are on site. Traffic slow on approach. So that's northbound Kwanana Freeway at Billia Drive Atwell. Avoid if you can. Okay, we're talking about a lily pilly issue. We're with Kay. Good morning. Oh, good morning. Um... I did ring about this uh, a few weeks ago, I think, and I can't remember the gentleman's name, but it was it's a lily pilly, like a standard one in quite a big pot, and uh, it's got the black spots on the leaves. Okay. Um, he he asked me, um, I think he was like a maybe a native plant expert, um, but um, he sort of indicated that, um, you know, once the weather warms up, it'll just pick itself uh, back up. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, he asked me if it was losing, you know, lots of leaves. And I said some, but um, it's now losing leaves uh, prolifically. <laughs> okay, something's, mm. something's seriously wrong. And it might be more than than the black spots on the leaves, like scale. If if it's scale, um, okay. What's happening in the root zone, Kay? It, did you say it's in a pot? Yeah, it's in like about oh, probably a 80 centimetre cubed pot. Oh, that's very big. Yeah. How, how long yeah. has it been in there for? Um, probably uh, two years. Mm. I maybe a bit over. I suspect you need to get it out of the pot. Yeah, and investigate mm. what's going on. Maybe ants have come up. Uh, maybe the drainage hole is blocked. Maybe the potting mix is exhausted and it's compact, so it's not able to get the water, or it's got fertilizer burn, and that's encouraging it to drop its leaves but definitely get it out of the pot have a look at it that might tell you what the problem is you could probably if you wanted to put it back into that pot um, shave off some of the roots and refresh the potting mix give it some seaweed and and I think you'll find it would start to turn around I think they're pretty tough uh, but I think you'll find the answer is is in that pot and the only way to find out exactly is to tip it over get it out and have a look well, do you think it could be insect okay. damage i i think well, i think it was chris oliver i think we yeah. referred this to chris oliver and mm. he made those comments to you Kay. yeah from memory insect yeah. i don't think it's insect damage okay. on the top causing it to drop its leaves i think it's about the roots yeah it could be insects in in the because roots the plant maybe is but it might be more root bound or or the soil has gotten really manky if it's not draining properly because they're normally very tough aren't they they? are yeah so so you need to investigate the um the new growth is is healthy um when it comes out but um yeah the when the leaves I guess are uh, maturing, then um, they're getting the uh, the black spot, and I guess the really windy weather 
hasn't helped as well. So, mm. um, I still, I okay. would, to be sure, yeah. I'd be checking its roots. And as far as scale on the tops, I would spray with eco oil. Yep, okay, yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll hit it with everything and it's going to be a big job to get it yeah. out. I was, yeah. afraid, I was afraid you were going to say that. But, yeah. but if, of, if you I do it now, Kay, right. if you do it now, you'll have two years trouble free and your plant won't look back. It'll go forward. Yeah. Thank you so much. Okay. Good luck. Take yeah. care. Thanks Bye. a lot. Cheers Bye. for that. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, bikers can kind of do the same thing, you know. They 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 can survive very well for a long time. Then all of a sudden, they start to go backwards. They're telling you you need to do something. Yeah, something's wrong, and you need to do it. Yeah, particularly situated in a pot, they're one hundred percent reliant on us Mm. for their care. I have found the information I needed about the quilt exhibition and rose show in Beverly, and it's. Friday the 21st of October from 12 to 4 and Saturday the 22nd of October from 9 to 12. A fabulous display of stunning roses and quilts provided by the Beverly Garden Society and Quilters Group at the Beverly Town Hall and Devonshire Teas are available. So there's another event for your gardening calendar, folks. Okay, sounds lovely. Quilting is such a, a clever mm. hobby, isn't it? And uh, it's a serious business, actually. I have a story. Mm. I have a quilt in my ancestry. The Rajah quilt was put together by the convict women taught to quilt by Elizabeth Fry, the prison reformist. And when they came out to Australia on the ship called the Rajah, this quilt was put together and it was actually on display at the museum. Maybe it was around 10 years ago. And mm. this is a quilt that uh, is in my ancestry. And where is it now? I'm not sure. It was it was brought here and it was on display oh. at a quilt exhibition at the museum some years ago. My grandmother told me about it and we went in there and had a look had at, a look it. at mm. it. Because we relate back to Elizabeth Fry, who taught the convict women how to quilt. I see. Okay, it'd be good to know where it now is. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Now, Lee from North Perth phoned in and uses a sawn-off garden stake made pointed as a dibber. Yeah, look. Yeah, just use your imagination and, yeah, mate. Just Star pick it? Yeah. Oh, that's a bit hard. That's a little bit hard, yeah. <laughs> but you can certainly shape the end of it and just drive it down into the ground and For sure. pop your little ingredients in there so absolutely Uh oh and some more information is coming through right now about the Rajah quilt is now here it goes in the National Gallery oh wow oh so quick how how amazing oh, is you know that? what if I had a dibber to give away I, I would, would give it be to giving whoever it to rang that in. person that is so quick <laughs> never underestimate our listeners Kurt that's FM amazing listeners. isn't it it really is the, that is just wonderful and I, I've got oh, another claim actually, to Oh, actually, Cheryl t- said it was oh. from herself. She must be a quilter. Oh, that's... Yeah, she just put the thumbs up. Well, well, well. Well, Cheryl, when I get a dibber, big, she's gonna one get a goes kiss. to you. She's, well, she's going to get a kiss. All right. <laughs> uh, it's nine o'clock, everyone. 
Currently 12.7 degrees, heading for a maximum today of 19 and showers. I'm thinking and I'm told that they will clear later today for the Dockers match, hopefully. Oh, don't just... I, I sat through your quilting. You have to humour oh, okay. me, Caro. Are you a Dockers yes. fan, supporter? <laughs> okay. Yes, I am. All right, <laughs> and you can expect a minimum overnight tonight of 11 with a maximum tomorrow of 21 with a shower or two. And for Monday, the minimum overnight is 12 with a maximum of 19 and showers. So And also continuing on into Tuesday as well. So... Uh, we, we do have a wet week coming up and our rainfall at the moment for September is 6.8 mils. The total for August came in at 174.4 mils, which is absolutely wonderful. The average since uh, 2011 is 120 mils, so 174.4 mils for August and right now 6.8 mils so far for September. The uh, Last year we had 62.2 and the average is 87 mils. Too much information, I know, but we do like to watch the rain. And it's good information too, Ray. Thank you, Faye. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm really getting into these rainfall figures because I, I think I'm in we've it. got good I love news it. I need to know. about the rain. Yeah, no, I... I I really like to watch on the news at night. I hang out for the weather. <laughs> I really do enjoy uh, knowing what's going on. Yes, you... I, I'm not that keen, but I do like John's weekly updates because they've been very positive of late. Ah, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Now, John's brought us in information about grafting and the time to do it, and there's always specifics with these things, when the daytime temperatures are regularly around 25 to 30 and the nights are 18 to 21. Usually it's difficult to obtain quantities of suitable budwood between flowering and fruit harvest. Um, and tipwood is considered the best material for grafting. Hygiene, of course, is important. And grafting techniques would be wedge or cleft or whip graft. And I think probably if you're keen on doing this, maybe watch some YouTube videos if you've got access to the internet because they've, it's very easy to see what what you need to do when you can see it visually. Mm. It's more difficult to describe. All right. Thank you very, very much. And uh, Maria, we know the name of the Geraldton wax. It's called Lemon Drop and it's not available readily. So we need to do a little bit more investigation from about that with regard to its avail. And with a lot of plants, they'll be available at a certain time. Exactly. So when it comes into flower, so mm. a lot of Geraldton wax would be flowering now. Mm. So now they might be in garden centres. There might be less of these available because it's sought after. Who would have thought there's a, a lemon Geraldton wax? It sounds And gorgeous. thank you, Maria. Faye and I both must have it in our own gardens as well after seeing the photos of it. So absolutely wonderful. I think yellow in any garden is uh, a must. Mm. So, yeah, so we'll be looking for it also. Okay, as uh, mentioned earlier, we're chatting with Ian Mills. Ian has his open garden uh, coming up on the 17th and the 18th of September in Baldivis called Mills. Okay, Ian, how are you? Yeah, fine. How are you, ladies? Good, good, good. Um, you must be very busy. Yeah, non-stop for the last few weeks. Can I only but imagine, yeah. So, And I'm sure you haven't been sitting around since you opened two years ago, Ian. What have you done well, in your garden since then? Since then, uh, 
just just more extending the garden all the time and it just never ends. It just keeps changing, evolving as time goes on. And oh. it'll just keep doing that. Your open garden, it's pretty much a family day, isn't it really? Because you really look after the kids. There's uh, something for everyone happening at the Mills Garden. Yes, there's a barrel train ride I've, which I take my grandsons in. And, and the big, just, big kids get on that too? or uh, Generally up to about seven or eight-year-olds. Yeah, just, okay. just teasing. So, <laughs> I mean, they can squeeze in, you know. <laughs> it, it's good for the little kids and uh, yeah. the swings about the place. And uh, there's a couple, I've got a couple of ponies coming in on. Lovely. Saturday between 12 and 2 and on Sunday between 10 and 1. But they're only very small ponies and they're about 20 years old, so they'll, they'll, they'll be the same just for the littlies. And- I know. I definitely wouldn't try and get on it, Anne. Yeah, no, yeah. I promise you that. I'd kill yeah. it. Yeah, no, just joking. Tell us what we could expect to see in your garden. Well, what have we got? We've got lots of- When we first bought the property in 1989... Uh, it was part of the uh, a, a dairy from the group settlements. Wow. There was very little trees on the property. So we planted over the years a few thousand trees. Uh, that was the first job we did. Um, as for water on the property, because it's a clay clay ground and uh, all the water that you've got is on the surface, uh, it's very hard to... Um, water trees year in year out you know so from one year to the next year what evidence survived we just replant but at the moment now there's a uh, loads of lovely eucalyptus trees deciduous ornamental pears that we've got quite a few grevilleas there's lots of we tended to plant a lot of bulbs because they're less maintenance we've got a lot of spring bulbs and uh, over the last couple of years we've uh, we started off doing some everlastings, and uh, me and Debbie, my wife, sat under the pergola for about three weeks, deheading uh, everlasting seeds, and we ended up with a chaff sack full of them. Uh-huh. And so we've uh, we've got lots of uh, everlastings everywhere. There's agapanthers and roses, Louisiana irises, which hopefully might just start coming out. There's daylilies, camellias, red hot polkas, and lots of other things which I probably can't even remember where they are. <laughs> and you've built something since the last open garden too, Ian. Oh, we've built, built a barn since the last open. It's not finished yet. Me and a friend called Bill, Bill Charles, uh, we've we, uh, been working on it for the last two or three months and it's been made out of all the old scrap. We didn't want it to look new. It looks like it's been there 100 years and that's what we wanted it to look like. Oh, fantastic. And who else have you got coming in on the day? Uh, on the day, we have um, tea and coffee available. We've got the men's shed, which will be doing uh, bacon and egg burgers, and they'll serve cool drinks. And they'll be hopefully, if the weather's fine, they'll be cooking it on a old boiler from a steam from an old ship, which was used to be down at Rockingham, uh, which was turned into a barbecue by me. But the old farmer who was here from the group settlement area. He used them for water tanks for his cows. Gosh. And I remember last time we were there, you had music playing in the garden. Yeah, my daughter uh, is a bit of a handy person, Georgia, 
and she's made a uh, out of a large dustbin a, a music boombox, which will be playing music, and that's all remote control. So she can do that from the phone, walking around the gardens and change the music on there. Very clever. Is there any rock and roll on it? <laughs> well, if you want rock and roll, I've got lots of rock and roll. That's me, but uh, we'll put some on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you might end up with some dancers there if that's the case. Yeah. As long as, as long as look, as long as everybody enjoys it, as a, I mean, there's nothing nicer to see than a couple. I mean, my mother, who was in a wheelchair, used to love going around looking around gardens. That's mm. why this garden is wheelchair friendly. Most important, yes. So nice to see. I love to watch someone, uh, an aged person, go around there and really enjoy themselves yeah. on the day. Yeah, nothing nicer. How big is the garden, Ian? The garden probably is about five acres. Wow. Uh, it's pretty close. I don't know. The property is 40 acres, but um, I don't look at the garden as five acres. I look at the property because it's the view, the unrestricted views that you'll get when you look down like the driveway. Me and my son started planting the driveway 30, 30 years ago. And um, the, when you come enter the property, you've got a, a 900 metre driveway, which is an avenue of trees. Which Gosh. Me and my son planted every one of them. And every time I go past, I say, that's my son's tree. That's Jamie's tree. That's George's tree when she planted that. So there's lots of memories. There's, mm. there's even um, your peppermint trees where my mother uh, took a cutting from her property in um, Safety Bay 30-odd years ago. From from a small cutting, and that is now quite a large tree. Oh, a garden full of memories. And I know that yeah. the last time we were there, what what was really lovely, people were getting their teas and coffees. There were lots of places to sit, lots of lawn area. Mm. You know, it was just, it was like a picnic in a park. And, yeah. of course, that's yeah. what you're encouraging people to do. The, the ambience was just lovely with the music as well. It's nice to see people. I was talking to bring bring yourself a... a, a uh, uh, a cushion, a chair. Uh, there's plenty of chairs and plenty of places to sit and plenty of viewing areas to look at. But there's quite a few lawn areas and there's lots of shade. And there is quite a bit of shelter should we have a few showers. So there should be no problems and people should be able to spend a day uh, sat, on the, sat on the lawns, having a picnic, walking around the gardens. The, the pond's full of fish. There's ducks swimming in the ponds. Uh, you might see a t the odd turtle swimming across if you're lucky. There, there is um, kookaburras got at the moment feeding babies in the trees. Uh, it's look the list is I can go on endless, but there's there's quite a few things to see. Sounds like a wonderful day out actually, Ian. And that's the 17th and the 18th of September, and that would be from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Will that be? Is that right? Yeah, that's right, love. Yes. Okay, 366 Wilkinson Road in Baldarvis, yeah, but when you enter Wilkinson Road from in Baldarvis, people have got to realise they've got to go down Burma Road off Dog Hill Road because Wilkinson Road actually goes from Mundijong Road to Kernock Road and it actually doesn't go all the way through. It's split up in three places. So you must enter off Burma Road. You must enter off, must enter off Burma Road. Okay, we've got it. All right, sounds wonderful. We encourage everyone to, to get along and good luck for the actual weekend. Is it, Are you opening this garden on behalf of a charity, Ian? 
Yes, it's going to the Rockingham Hospital for the neonatal ward. Our mm-hmm. son Chase was uh, in the neonatal ward at Rockingham Hospital, and uh, the proceeds, anything we make, will go into the neonatal ward. And uh, hopefully, we have a good day. Absolutely, champion. All right, I'm Much. sure it'll be wonderful, and I look forward to seeing you then. Thank you very much. All Thank right. You. Thank you, Ian. Cheers for that. Bye-bye. Bye for now. Yes, it does sound like a lovely day out it, for everybody. It's just beautiful. Lovely old. big lawned areas, nice big trees. There were owls nesting in, in one of them. Mm. It's really a habitat garden. I think there's something for everyone. Yeah, mm. yeah. Something to absolutely look forward to. And there'll be more open gardens as the as spring progresses. Spring Certainly. into summer, for sure. And I guess everyone's been busy wandering around their gardens, looking at what's bursting into flower, what needs cutting back, the yep. weeds popping up. Oh, yes. Of course, the sun and the rain brings out the weeds, doesn't it? Now, Pamela has sent us an email and she has little ruby shrubs, three of them, quite small. Last year she thought she'd lost them but pruned them and they came back nicely. Mm. She says, I'm no gardener so it's hit and miss. My question is, do I prune these those little flowers when they finish earlier, later. Can't remember when I did it, how far back if I do. Have you got little rubies, I right? I do. Yep. And how do you look after yours? Well, they're ready for a, a trim back now. Yeah, because they them, look a bit... Yeah, getting a little bit skanky. They do yep. that over winter and give them a trim back now. Feed them up a little bit, bit of seaweed, throw a few goodies. They're, such, they're very hardy, actually. They do like water, but the colour contrast that they give, and mm. uh, they give a lot of value. I'd, I'd be doing that this month. And do you hedge trim them? Yeah. With an electric one or a... Electric. Yep. Yeah. And how much do you take off them? About probably half. Okay. I'm pretty cruel. Yep. Yeah. Third yeah. half and they just yeah. spring back they with do. all new growth. Yeah. And... Yep. Yeah. They, they'll benefit from that. They'll benefit from a good cup. And what have you got them contrasting with in your garden? Uh, let me see. Uh, I've got white variegated background behind them. They, they are... I've got the grass. How can I put it? I've got an oval-shaped patch of, of grass and I have caught and steel around that oval shape. And then exactly on that border, I have rubies on both sides of that oval. And behind on one area, I have miscanthus grass. And behind that, he, he's yet to flower, I have the pride of Madeira. Mm. I come up in one corner. On the other side, I have the... Um, I have the tropical canna and I have some blue chalk succulents. So I've got a nice orange blue theme happening there, which was my request and a lovely silver princess over the top of that. And then on the other side, I've got uh, agapanthus. So I've got deep green leaf sitting behind the little rubies, if you like. I've got a lovely acacia fettuccine tree uh, as a backdrop to it. And I'm just trying to think. Uh, yeah, it's only a small garden, as you know. And behind that, there's a green uh, water fountain sitting behind it. So I do go for a bit of contrast. Mm, and I think you can't go wonderful. past uh, burgundy. And then sitting behind that, again, I've got roses. And behind that, I've got uh, your common name of your, your spider lilies uh, sitting behind there to give you more green straps. And in the far corner, I've got the Sheena's Gold. In oh, one they're corner. stunning, aren't they? Yeah, and they how's you... that come through the winter? Really well, well really well. It, I think we've had kind of a mild winter. Like I've mm. still got gingers that are, 
you know, they're not looking too bad. Too shabby. Well, I know, I know. I heard you saying it was mild, but I've felt the cold this winter. I have mm. to say, I've I've thought it was a bit nip, but yeah. I think plants, also plants with, say otherwise. With mm. all the rain that we've had, we've had the cloud cover, so that's kept the temperature up a little bit. We have had a couple of cold nights, and some of my foliage is burnt, but on the main, I don't know. Maybe I've just catered more for winter plants and I've got the canopy, the microclimate. Yeah, that, I've that got the soil happening, you know, that's mm. always got mulch and, mm. and covering and mm. living mulch. But my garden has fared fairly well really through well. the winter. Like I think for most the most part I would have been able to entertain it and been relatively pleased with the mm. surroundings. Because mm. when we first got there we had early frost, mm. April and again in October. And I kind of learnt then I wanted my garden to look good all year round. I didn't want to be playing catch up because if you get frost in October and it burns, then it takes summer to catch up. And then April, boom, off it goes again and mm. it doesn't catch up. So I've gone for hardier plants. So there's a good a good background. What didn't survive when the sprinklers went off at different times Yeah, just isn't there. Yeah, yeah. Survival of the fittest. And we have such a... A range of choice, don't we? Oh, we do. And speaking of choice, how would you like to win a $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees? And speaking of range and choice, well, we already know that Bigger Trees specialise in your frangies and your ornamental and fruit trees, but they're also right now overflowing with absolutely fabulous new stock, continually changing with the seasons and availability. And they also strive to, to, to source unusual plants as well those that are a little bit harder to get so definitely can recommend giving bigger tree a call if you are looking for something that you're having difficulty finding okay and uh, i know carrie's one of those scouts she's such a trooper she will try and get it for you um, okay so you can check out more anyway on their facebook page and their website as well they're located up in pickering brook here is john's question for you now as always, you must be a Curtin FM member and not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. Give Cheryl a call on 94841927 if you know the answer. Do you remember the song made famous by Max Bygraves? When it's spring again, I'll bring again. What will he bring and from where? So do you remember the song from famous, made famous by Max Bygraves? When it's spring again, I'll bring what again? What will he bring and from where? It's quite an easy one. <laughs> well, our not, listeners know they're Not music. for me, it wouldn't be. <laughs> okay. 94841927. Back in a moment. Radio. You're with Ray and Faye. This is Let's Talk Gardening. Let's go to Manning. Kate, thank you for waiting. Hi. Not at all. Um, morning, ladies. A uh, quick question. I have a dwarf lemon tree that has been in the ground for quite a few years now. Um, I think I'm getting a lot of branches shooting off possibly from the rootstock. I don't get many flowers or fruit from them. Um, I'm getting a lot of flowers and fruit off some other branches, but it's sort of gone into a Y situation, as in the, the flowering ones have gone off to the right and the rootstock ones are shooting up from the left. Um, so I was wondering, is it, to, is it a good time to dig it all up, cut off the branches that 
are obviously from the rootstock and are not flowering or fruiting much um, and sort of re-establish it to more of an upright tree. Yep, I think now would be a good time, Kate. You've, you've really got nothing to lose. Uh, will you be putting it back into the ground? Yes. Yep. Yes, I I would do it now. Perfect time. We've we've got the warmth. We've got the the rains, uh, and it will be able to re-establish before the summer. So put it into a a well prepared hole. So okay, maybe that didn't happen the first time around, or maybe the rootstock is taking all the goodness out of it. Yeah, um, and maybe add some clay and compost. Uh, layer of good mulch on top. I, I like a chunky mulch, but also uh, a lupin mulch or a pea straw will break down quickly and then the chunky mulch on top and that will keep the moisture and nutrients in there. Slow-release fertiliser, I think, is an easy way to go. And yeah. I'm sure it will, will come back well after a good prune. Oh, good. So I've got a lot of flowers on it now. Um, will I lose those? Most um, likely, but... It, okay. Yeah, it, I I would still do it. Yeah, yeah. And All righty, perfect. Check for uh, the citrus gall wasp too, which are swellings in the stem. Everyone should be doing this now. If you've got swellings in your stem, they must be yeah. removed and double bagged. I did have that. Yeah, I had that earlier on in the year, and I I did cut up the um cut off the branches. But what I didn't realise is that it should be in a bag and somewhere else I read afterwards, don't throw them in the green bin, which unfortunately did happen. It's okay if it would happen before July. Um, if, it, if you did it before the end of June, it's okay to have gone into the green bin. It's from July onwards. They're saying not to put it into you. Because it's likely to be exactly. hatching. Exactly. Mm. Oh, okay. So should we burn them then? If if you've got access to burning, that would be great. But they need to dry, otherwise they don't burn well. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. All right. No, perfect. Thank you very much for your help. All right. Thanks, Kate. Good luck, Kate. Thank you. And we do have a winner for the Bigotry voucher, Peter Thornley. Thank you for playing with us, Peter. And your voucher will be on its way to you this week in the mail. You'll have fun spending that and do let us know what you get for it. We always mm. love to know. And I think I don't know of anyone uh, thus far that has not been unhappy with their visit to Bigger Trees and the goodies that they've come away with. We get some great photos and feedback oh, we from sure our do. prize winners. Yeah, so, and big shout out and thank you to Kerry from Bigger Trees for supporting Let's Talk Gardening. Mm. Ray, I went for a bushwalk this week and, like, on our property. Oh, in your old property, yeah. yes. And the donkey orchids are in flower. Oh, and gorgeous. lots of buds on some of the it's Caledonia species. Time, oh, abs- mm. absolutely. The the amount of flowers out at the moment is, yeah, there's lots of hovia, there's uh, dampieras coming out, Love the wattles, acacia mm. pulchella. I had a nice little time sitting at one the other day and found a, a nice little leaf beetle. Mm. and a weevil and a, ants, lovely things to photograph in the garden. Mm. It's just such a beautiful time. Yeah, absolutely, mm. and, and continuing. So if people are looking for a day outing, of course at the moment Araluen is a hot topic. That's, that's the place to go, isn't it? Kings Park, yes. Wireless Hill, and yes. these are all places not far away, so yeah. no excuse for 
not getting out and about and having right. a look at Lots our beautiful local bushlands. Mm, absolutely. All right. Here's Karen regarding a rose, her roses. Thanks, Karen. How are you? Oh, good morning, ladies. Yes, yeah, thank you. I, I was thinking of you this week, Karen, when I was out looking at my climbing rose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sure it looks better than mine. Oh, not, not necessarily. I haven't really done much to it. So what's, what's yours up to? No, it, I have got a few bush roses too. And I, I trimmed them back hard uh, about two months ago because they looked so horrible with all this chili shrimp. Now, they're, they're all in, uh, starting, I mean, they're not starting, they're already full of leaves now. Was it too early? Should I, should I trim them again or should I just leave them as it is now? Well, just leave them for now and see what happens. Um, you know, if I had a crystal ball, I'd know exactly what was going to happen. Fingers mm-hmm. crossed we won't have the same problems. Hopefully there's beneficial bugs out there that start to do their thing and recognise these as pests and start to target them. Of course, now there's a lot of birds around. So birds yeah, birds are cleaning up some of the small insects. We've got spiders. There's little flower spiders out. Uh, your hoverflies have been out. So they're moving around. They'll be laying eggs. When we get some hot weather, they'll all be hatching. So the larva of the hoverflies eat soft-bodied insects. Now, the larva actually look like a caterpillar. But, you know, these guys are all predators. So encouraging them in your garden and not killing them off with insecticides, which is what uh, Kylie was talking about this morning, you know, keeping your gardens as chemical-free as possible to let nature do its thing. All what, I, all what I use is white oil, if I use anything, so mm-hmm. and then I make up myself. All right. But you don't need to use it if you if you can't see anything. Okay, good. Okay, now I use it on my aphids, so that's, um, which uh, is taking over again, but that's okay. No, but if, <laughs> i tell you what. Can you hold off for me, Karen? Can you just wait? Once you see the aphids, keep watching them and look for little caterpillars because they could be hoverfly larva. There are lacewing larvae that move around and there are ladybirds. So if you can just watch, give it at least a week and and ring me back and tell me what's happening. As well oh. as well as parasitic wasps will take over aphids. Okay, great. And um, now it's something totally different. Do you know anything about boo-book oils? Oils, owls, not oils, owls. Oh, ah. the owls. Yes. Are they common in Perth? Well, they're certainly around, yep. And you'll hear them at night, on a still night. One, yeah, I couldn't believe it. At 2 o'clock in the morning, I thought, oh, no, the pigeons are starting again, or oh, oh, that early. But uh, then I realised, no, it couldn't have been the pigeons, so it must have been a booboo. Well, ball. it'll go it like this. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, it sounded like a cuckoo. I first thought it was a European yeah. cuckoo, and I thought, it can't be. We don't have cuckoos here. I know that cuckoo sound from, from, from Europe. Um, oh, how lucky are you? Yeah, I just couldn't believe it. I have got a very big Norfolk Island pine in front of my house, which we planted in the wrong place at the wrong time. But uh, <laughs> the birds love it, all the, all the different uh, um, cockatoos and and, uh, and it was the first time I heard an owl and I just couldn't believe it. I was so glad. 
Mm. Oh, that's that lovely. is wonderful. Yeah, big smile on our that's faces. That's why Karen. we don't use insecticides, Karen. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Yeah, very true. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Have a lovely day. You You too. too. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. And let's head to Riverton. We have Trisha online. Good morning. Hi, Trisha. How are you? Very good. And how are you? Well, thank you. And I really enjoy your program. Oh, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to, to be able to do the program. Oh, that's good. And my question is, is it possible to take a cutting from a Geraldton wax and strike it? You know, I I have gone a complete blank on this. I have can see no reason why not, and the best time to do that is probably after flowering. But right. I, I might just check this in the break and, and come back with an answer. All right, then. I'd appreciate that very much. Yep, for sure. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Tricia, thanks for that. And let's head to Two Rocks. Say hello to Arthur. Good morning. Good morning, girls. How hello. are you this morning? Very hello. well. It's you lovely sound, to... You're sounding good. Well, it's lovely to hear from you. It's horrible weather. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell me, please, if you will, we've got broad beans and they've gone mad this year. They got knocked around a bit in the wind uh, the start of the last, well, uh, early last month. But they're supported and they're, they're just not having any flowers on. Can you tell me what I should do to make them flower? Uh, you could give them potash. 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 Oh, yes. That could, have you been, what have you been giving them, Arthur? Oh, they, were, they, they made a lush garden for them, but then they went mad and grew and kept growing. And, of course, being so tall... The weather knocked them around last mm. month a bit, but they they're just not flowering properly. I okay, know. the it no might it might be the temperature, but if their soil is too high in nitrogen, they'll be putting all their energy into leaf growth rather than flowering. Oh right, so I have to be not so kind to them. Maybe um, what you could do is give them a liquid of of flowering and. Fruiting fertilizer, Thrive, Miracle oh, yeah. Grow, Aquasol, yeah. something like that. All right. That so potash is, the, potash is the answer for them, is it? Or yes. Like them? Something high in potassium will help with the okay, flowering. Okay. All right, thanks. Okay, good luck. Sorry to trouble you. Thank you very much. Not right. at all. Problem. That's what we're here for, Arthur. Great show. We listen to it all the time. Oh, thanks, Thank Arthur. Cheers for that. Bye for now. Bye. And for... Listeners who would like the answer to our quiz question this morning, the question was, do you remember the song made famous by Max Bygraves? When it's spring again, I'll bring again. And we asked you, what will he bring and from where? The answer is tulips from Amsterdam. Mm. And what a beautiful part of the world that is. Tulips from Amsterdam. So, yes. The home of clog and cheeses. <laughs> and many other things. And, uh, yeah, and Peter was our winner today. So, yeah, we'll be doing that again next week for our listeners very good well it's been lovely to have you back ray i'm not finishing up yet oh i thought you were i thought you're winding up the show and i was thinking okay no no oh well thank you yeah no it's good to be back i'm a little bit um need to uh put myself into gear but i'm getting there getting back into the swing of things yeah very good yeah it's amazing what a few weeks out can do to the brain gets a bit cobwebby It it can do can't it i mean 
it's like with anything if you're not um, doing, doing it, it all the, the time, time. Like, and as we get cuttings. older, <laughs> we're more challenged, aren't mm, we? <laughs> we are. So earlier this year, we had Radiothon and we put out an offer to have afternoon tea in my garden. So yes. that is going to happen in October. Okay. I have yeah. finished mulching the verge. We've got some house painting getting done in the next couple of weeks. And then I will be setting about prettying up the gardens. I mean, at the moment, I've sort of been managing weeds and getting rid of junk. Can you believe it or not? Or moving it around? I believe it. I hope you're not moving <laughs> it around. I hope you're moving it out. Oh, well, I'm trying you're to organise it again, you know. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking at all the pockets of garden and working out kind of what I need to do also because of this upcoming wedding. And one of the things that I've been looking into is making sure that our trees are safe because we've got a lot of very large trees, apparently around 28 metres. Mm. And there's a little bit of dead wood up there. I mean, considering how many trees we've got, yeah. there's probably 40 very, very large trees. We do get very few branches down, but some of the dead bits that are up there we're going to get uh, climbers and cherry pickers in to clean all that up so making sure that it's safe before we entertain lots of people yeah there's a lot of money involved though isn't there as well oh yes yes money money yes. money it's all well, Eddie's working gig. seven days a week to he support has to. me <laughs> <laughs> yeah well exactly. someone has to exactly I you're busy in your garden <laughs> I get it I I have things to do, important do. things. Yeah. So. <laughs> I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yes, just to disappear into my garden, never to be seen again is my ultimate goal. <gasps> All right, 94841927, back shortly. Curtain Radio. And you are with Ray and Faye, and we do get caught up chit-chatting in our... Little breaks, don't we, Faye? Yeah. And Well, this is exciting, Ray. <laughs> yes. Wayne has just sent us an email and says, this is something that may be of interest to you. My wife and I recently visited Cairns where we were fortunate enough to do a tour of the Botanic Gardens conducted by Bridget from Aussie Macro Photos. During the tour, she gave instructions on macro photography, which was very enlightening. She has a Facebook page and will be visiting WA soon to photograph our peacock spiders. And she thought, that we may be interested and I absolutely am Wayne thank you I love the title of her her talks let's go bugging uh let's go shrooming and shrooming across, what does know, that mean mushrooming mushrooming Bungie shrooming hunting. is the short yeah. okay so next Excuse year yeah. part of the the works that I'm doing at the property is that I would like to host more workshops in my garden. Yeah, I great my, idea. My grandchildren would be that little bit older. I'll be a bit more hands-free. Mm. And I want to educate people. We've got 160 metres of verge that provides habitat. Even the mulch provides nesting material for the birds. Mm. The willy wagtail and the magpies have been in there picking through the mulch. Mm. Um Insects, reptiles, all sorts of things live there. There'll be slime molds and fungi. You know, you'll be able to go to a slime safari on my verge. I'd love to have interpretational signage. I'd love to be able to take people through the bush 
and help them understand the value of a dead tree and what we might look at and think is is very scrubby is actually habitat. We've had quails come through. Uh, there'll be bearded dragons, you know, all sorts of things. And people don't necessarily look at anything other than a beautiful looking garden and value it. Mm -hmm. But recognising what habitat is and who might live there. The the galahs will feast along the fire break collecting seeds. The cape weeds will provide nectar and pollen for bees. You know, there's a whole a whole lot going on when you look closely. And at the present moment, one thing I noticed the other day, particularly around the base of the grass trees, is all these little cone-shaped pits. And these are the the traps of ant lions. Ant lions. Ant lions. So large lacewing insects mm -hmm. have a a young stage, which is an ant lion, and these tiny mm, how big how big would that be? Um, oh, size of a ball on a pin. Yeah, yeah, about that big. And they have little nippers, and they make these cone shaped pits that are such an angle that if an ant walked across it, it actually couldn't climb out. The side is so steep, engineered oh, yeah. as a trap. And so underneath, there is this little pincing critter. Waiting for his waiting prey for his to fall ant. in. Yep. I see. So there's, you know, recognising what those little cone pits are. Yeah. And, and at certain times of the day, they're refreshed. So the sand appears very dark and, and moist where it's a fresh one, where it's been sitting for six or 12 hours mm. it just looks like loose sand and little divots mm. so it's clever yeah so and clever. what you can do you get a straw and you just go and just blow and you can then uncover the little critter underneath sitting in there yeah. waiting yep if you get a, a teaspoon, you can actually hoik it out, put it in a container and, and get a closer look at it. And share with our listeners, you had a bandicoot climb up on your lap. I know. That's extraordinary. Well, a week or so ago, my grandson was there and oh. he said that the bandicoot licked him. And I thought... <laughs> Sure it did, yeah. Well, yeah, he does sometimes yeah. tell porky yeah. pies. Yeah. And I went, oh, that's unusual. Like normally yeah. they'll come around, they'll clean up the bird seed that the birds flick out yeah, and they'll sort of move away. You know, they'll come up to the back door, but as soon as you go outside, they, they sort of scuttle, go off again. Scuttle we, don't, yeah. we don't hand feed them. No. But anyway, this particular one was particularly friendly and, in fact, Twice now the kids have left the door open and they've come inside and and you go to encourage them to go out but they don't want to get away from you like they kept coming towards you. Mm. So I, w I won't pick them up because no. you're not supposed to. Anyway, so yesterday I'm sitting there enjoying the ambiance of the birds coming up on the patio. We've got a, a little white-brown scrub wren nesting outside the window. Gorgeous. And and that came and I was just watching that. Next thing, I'm getting licked on the toe oh. by a bandicoot. Oh, my word. And it came to my right. I'm sitting on a cane lounge. and up I would have wondered its... what that was. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. I'm, yeah. Oh, you're, you're more conditioned. I was calm. Mm -hmm. Anyway, two little paws came up next to me. Next thing, it hops 30 <gasps> centimetres up and sits next to me. Oh, my. And Lord. then it crawled onto my lap, nibbled on my ham roll, 
and tried to take it off the plate. So I got that out of the way. Then I hopped back onto my lap and and crawled up my front. Like unusual behaviour for a... Like for a cuddle. A wild animal. I know. I've I got videos. Not very good because it's very hard to hold your Absolutely. phone, balance your lunch. and not scare it off. Yeah, <laughs> that's just amazing. Yeah, so and quite it domesticated. Does, yes. It. The good thing is that because it's quite tame, when well, John took some of the the bandicoots that have been at his place to I think it was Native Ark because they their fur was all manky and. It turns out that they had mites Mm. uh, and they were treated and then returned, I believe. Well, this one has got quite some fur missing and I was able to dust it with diatomaceous earth because that should break down the mites. Anyway, I'll probably have to catch it now and and take it for treatment to make sure that, you know, we, we know what it is. Someone has said it could be a... Uh, Coptic mange, which is harming bandicoots at the moment. So watch this space. We'll find out more. You're doing good things. You're doing good Mm -hmm. work. All right. We've got about 10 minutes of the program to go. We can squeeze in a call or two if you like. And it's time to probably go to it. A little break as well. What do you say? Well, I was just looking at the note up on the board. Yeah. Sylvie from Westminster said there is a natural rodent killer from Bunnings, corn and salt. I, I'm i not aware Familiar. of this one at all. Mm. Mm. Okay. We'll look into that as yeah, well. Sure. Thank you, Sylvie. We'll be back shortly. Tattoo Radio. We have appreciated your company this morning on Let's Talk Gardening. We've and got who you were mentioning off air who we've got coming up shortly. Yes. On well, it's not for two weeks now, but the program got, in two weeks will we have Daryl Hardy. Daryl Hardy talking about the bio blitz that's coming up, and uh-huh. Fiona Blackham. So she's a permaculture guru, and part of the reason we'll be talking to her is about saving water use in the garden. And she was saying that she uses very minimal water, so. We're always keen to learn more tips. More about that. When we were talking to Kylie and I mentioned logs, she also talked about how that can help hold moisture in the soil. And I'm thinking, you know, if you've got a native garden and you half bury a log, when you get rains, those logs become quite sodden. Yes. So they'll give back moisture and hold moisture for longer helping plants around them and well, also interesting, yeah. creating a little bit of humidity. Mm. Well, in other cultures, they, they talk about hugel culture and that is the process of burying large logs. Yes, yes, and, we have touched on that lightly. Mm. Yeah. And, of course, all the things that is contained in a log is just phenomenal. Yeah. Fungi break it down, insects, uh, slime mould, moss, lichens, you know, it's it's just the world beneath our feet. The zoo beneath our mm. feet, as we like to call it. And John was suggesting that if we were to be able to get uh, Bridget from Aussie Macro, we could extend the show to four hours. Don't know how George would feel about that. Where, how did he get to that? Well, let's go bugging. Let's go <laughs> shrooming. We've got the night walks, the school holiday you know, all the things we can talk about, photography, bugs, you know, all my favourite hobbies. We'd need four hours, Ray. 
<laughs> we would to cover up all of your, all of your yeah interests and hobbies. Mm. I agree. Now, did, how did we go with the uh, Geraldton wax? Yes, take greenwood cuttings in early summer and semi-ripe cuttings in late summer. So. If you think about the the Geraldton wax are flowering now, they'll probably be flowering for a bit longer. I would cut them back. And, of course, the more you pick, the more you're encouraging the plants to say stay bushy and you're making a tighter, tighter plant for next year. You know, with native plants, we should be cutting them back or giving them a light trim. You don't wait until something's gone too far. Yeah, it's that's past true. past its use-by mm, date. It gets mm. woody and lanky. Give them a light trim after they've finished flowering. And, yes, so you would get new growth reshooting after you've trimmed them, and that's the time to take the greenwood cuttings that's in early summer. In early summer, hmm. okay. And Jasmine from Safety Bay said, To tell Faye she still makes her heart zing. Hello, ladies. Would like to say that pleasure have received listening to your program. Nice, light, informative. Thank you, Lillian T. Woo! Okay. Go us. Yeah. Oh, that's so oh, there's, good. There's Thank two you. comments there. Okay. That's you make lovely. her heart zing. That's gorgeous. Thank you, Jasmine. And thank you, Lillian. Well, okay. it's, it's about channeling the world out there, isn't it? And, mm. you know, for a long time when I was uh, doing garden presentations or appearing in gardens, people would come and they'd say, oh, how can I get rid of aphids, you know? and. Mm. And my response would be, well, just hose them off, you know. Most of them don't come back. Mm. But what we got used to hearing is if it was in a newspaper or on TV, the answer is a chemical. And I started to question that. Mm. And then I started to see all the good guys that appeared in my garden. Well, we want ladybirds. People would say, oh, there aren't ladybirds anymore. Well, hello, why do you think that is if you've gone and nuked, Mm. nuked their food source? You want birds in your garden? Well, don't go killing their food. They mm. need the aphids. They need all the little critters that are there. And some of them are so beautiful. The The joy of macro photography brings these things to life. We can start to appreciate what's there that we don't see all the time. That's right. And it's about re-educating mm. everybody. And you'll be happy to know, even though I had the very black caterpillars re wreak havoc through my garden i didn't do anything about it oh my goodness that is so good ray well you will oh that's great you yeah will, yeah my garden's looking just, fabulous faye thank you yeah. you will discover the joy of the black and white tiger moth and where will i discover that and how will i discover that well maybe know when he, your lights are he, on at night time and you're out hunting for bugs uh, just... at night time uh-huh yeah yeah <laughs> as you do i know faith got get, an answer to everything you get a head torch on ray yeah um, i know i haven't bought your birthday present yet I, oh, I could I get you a head torch to get out there. Well, you've got to keep an eye on your weevils, on your echium, don't you? I do, you? I do mm. actually, because I did have an attack of that last year, which destroyed the flowers. Yes. Yeah, mm. So, so if you if you enjoy what we're talking about today, to get your fix during the week, you might like to hit the WA Garden Buddies Facebook page. It's a new Facebook page, and we really like it, WA Garden Buddies. Now, Kerry Daw is the administrator, and mm. she's doing an amazing job, and it's a really nice Facebook page. I really enjoy it because the information on there is very accurate, and 
in intelligent information and it's 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 good it's we're really enjoying it it is yeah she's doing a fabulous job and she's certainly pulling in lots of uh new members each week and it's it's going really well so garden buddies it's called yes she supports us she shares our posts in fact i got an early email this morning asking what was on the show because i was a bit slack i was so busy getting my mulch done i was and and making the most of that weather yes. while the sun was shining because you have to uh, because yeah there's not enough time to do paperwork when the sun's shining no I know just as well you're not in my gig yeah absolutely <laughs> it's all paperwork mm. it's all paperwork but okay I think we will wrap up the program then and next week do we know what's happening not yet you haven't right? got as far as that what you know what's you happening like? what would I like I think we should be talking about what needs to be pruned in spring I think we need to talk about that what what sort of which plants we should be looking at uh, refurbishing now um, in readiness well and uh, wander around your garden during the week mm. people and look at Look at all your questions you know I look at the Dombay I look at the Duranta and I'm just thinking okay is now the time to do that mm. uh, it's better to do it now and encourage some new growth even sometimes if we lose the flowers you're better off to maintain the shape hedging and pruning you know the little topiary shapes are really in so if you've got a youngish garden that hasn't had a lot of clipping you might go through and just give it a light once over whether you use hand mm. shears or the electric hedge trimmers lavender often needs a prune even uh, yeah. if it's flowering but what needs a good will... tidy up before summer hits yep, you know give it sure. the time to recover and i think that's something that would be well worth covering and anything flower related Faye? yes flowers i'm the flower girl i'm just teasing i know i yes. am just teasing Let's all do right flowers right well thank you Faye. all okay. right Cheryl Kennedy has been uh, a wonderful support to us this morning. Thank you for sitting in for Bev Daring, Cheryl. She's a trooper, that lady at this station. My goodness, where would Curtin Radio be without her? And thanking our John Glidden. Where would we be without John Glidden, I'd like to add? Thank you, Faya Cara. It's been a fun morning, always is. And my gardenism for the morning is spring has returned. Yes, it has. And the earth is like a child that knows poems. Oh. Pretty. And George Minoldi will join you next with the classic 60s. It's Father's Day tomorrow. If you're a dad or you have a dad, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there, including my own, Tom Shaw. Love you dearly. Thank you for all that you do, which is always enormous, a lot. Thank you. And look forward to catching up with you tomorrow. And happy gardening, everybody. Take care of yourselves and enjoy this rain. Uh, we need it. Take care. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.